0: Another wonderful episode of the Barbershop Mentality Podcast. Recording live from the East Coast, Beast Coast. We all the way up and down, baby, from the North to the South. (laughs) Representing, you know what I'm saying? It's the one and only Dr. Ocula himself. Huey Fleet Newton in the flesh. I'm here with the Brodies, the Brodies, the Brodies. Mm -hmm. First one we got shout out is the uh, the Groupon Don, a.k.a. Zordon, the big giant head uh 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 brother julius rock somewhere in the in the sky Are you over there somewhere? what's going oh? on
1: man yeah man what's going on
0: beautiful to hear you today beautiful to hear you uh we also got shout out the black popovich uh-huh. uh, uh the the man in the the biggest nick fan in the world you know what i'm saying the longest <laughs> suffering jet fan in the world mr o damn dell was good with you brother chillin man loot loving long island baby what's up that's right baby that's right uh and then we got a special guest today man this guy's been all around the world you know what i'm saying he's doing a lot of big things and we're gonna talk to him about some of the things he's been doing uh we got mr junior smith uh aka microwave man say what's up to the people bro what's going on what's going on represent favor, north carolina to the fullest damn right damn right uh, so, yeah, so you're going to do some uh, some good talking today, man. We, uh you're uh, a, a man of, of many talents. You know what I'm saying? So we want to talk to you. First of all, I guess kind of give yourself, give the people an introduction to what you've done so they know, you know what I'm saying, where you're coming from, from Fayetteville. Okay, well, I was born and raised in Fayetteville. I graduated mm-hmm. from
2: Fayetteville University. I moved to Kinston in twenty thirteen. gonna um, take a job as a government reporter for the Kinston Free Press and then did that for about two years, moved to Atlanta, uh, to work for the Associated Press as a news associate. Didn't really work out, came back to Kinston, became a sports editor, and things are just kinda taking off from there. Like I've got dreams to to be on you on your T V screen for either representing ESPN or, or another conglomerate. But on the side, like I was also doing music, like I been doing music since maybe 2007 and actually been working in the newspaper and radio industry since 2007. So everything just kind of kind of molded together.
0: Yeah. That's one thing, man, that, you know, anybody that follows, you knows you stay busy. Like there's, Mm -hmm. you always are somewhere doing something, you know what I'm saying? Like talk to, talk to the people about, some of your influences, I mean you could and you could do it with either reporting or music wise. What are the things that influence you to to follow these the, the career steps that you've taken thus far?
2: I mean, to be honest, like as far as, as journalism went, I always had a chip on my shoulder. Like I can't say that I had a whole lot of influences. Like of course we all grew up watching Stuart Scott and Rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like guys, um, I didn't really watch too many local guys like as far as um sports went, but I was always interested. Like um, my parents made sure that that my brother and I watched the news all the time. So like, it would be ABC 11. Uh, we watch on um, John Clark and Larry Stogner, and then we watch World News Tonight with Peter Jennings. Nice. There would be people that that we would just. I just kind of gravitated toward that. But when I actually started my career in journalism, everything was just kind of like a chip on my shoulder because it was either I wasn't getting the opportunities that I felt like i like I should have gotten like when I was working at at the favorite observer like I started writing for them in two thousand and eight like they would they would kind of give me the bottom barrel of stories, part of it mm-hmm. because you know I was a, I was a new kid like I was nineteen, and it's like I didn't dress the part either like I, like this is still that era like i I was coming to games like I was wearing like like four or five XTs and and jerseys.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> looking like Iverson, basically.
2: <laughs> yeah, rag and everything. But the <laughs> crazy <laughs> the crazy part about it was I got so much respect in the community because it was like the play the players rocked me because I, I was closer to their age and you know I could actually adapt with them. And then the culture respected me because I I asked the right questions. So. Mm. Like I they would they would send me to crazy places like um you know i'm mm-hmm. I'm based in Fayetteville, and it's like they got me going out to like Lumberton and St Paul's, and I'm asking, well, can y'all give me something closer like they were like, okay, and then they sent me to Elizabethtown, which is like an hour away, so <laughs> Jeez, I'm writing it. I'm writing stories on on my phone like I'm typing up stories on my phone to make it in by deadline because I knew I couldn't make it to them. Um, to the office in time to type it up.
0: Wow. 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 It's it's ill how those things like fuel fuel you, you know what I mean? Feel what you want to do in life. And I, and I, I was looking at, I was listening to some of the music and I was looking at some of the stories that you did talk to me about, talk to me about how I feel like there's a correlation in the songs that you've made and the reporting that you're doing. And it's that you're telling a story. Talk to me about being from a place like uh, uh, Fayetteville, and 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 Kingston, places that people don't really know about, and talk to me about your desire to tell the stories that you do tell. You know what I'm saying?
2: Okay. Music-wise, as far as Fayetteville goes, <clears throat> like people look at it as a small city, and in I mean, in regard, in respect to like Atlanta or New York or something like that, it is. But I mean, this is a city with over 200,000 people. I wow. mean, if you, of course, if it wasn't for Fort Bragg, then, you know, Fayetteville kind of wouldn't be on the map. But <clears throat> it's an area that, that does have a lot of growth, has a lot of potential. However, there are, you don't have as much unity. I mean, like people talk about unity, but it's still a dog eat dog area because you have people that want to, they want to be the reason why the why the city is is together instead of following somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
3: and so, and to piggyback off the unity thing and you know J Cole he's from Fayetteville as well Awesome, right
0: yeah. So so,
3: so <laughs> how does how does how do people uh you know how do they feel about J Cole out there?
2: It's half and half. I mean, like you got a lot of you got a lot of local artists. do respect him and then you have some that just feel like well he's not doing anything for for the city which is a complete and utter lie because when you look at it j cole he he donates to to high schools all the time he's he's out there you know reading to the kids like he does a lot of philanthropic things but thing, but the problem is like artists feel like okay well he's from Fayetteville I'm from Fayetteville he should kind of give me a handout and it's like it doesn't work like that because when he was in Fayetteville you know, nobody nobody paid attention, nobody cared. Well, very few people cared. I'm not gonna say nobody cared, but sometimes it's a combination of both. You know, are you marketable? You know, what what traits do you have that, that separate you from, from anybody else in the nation? I mean, like granted, you wanna have somebody from, from your hometown on a Dreamville Lab, um label, but at the same time though, it's gotta be somebody that's not only marketable, but somebody that has something unique to, to bring to the table. And while there, mm. there are a lot of talented, mm-hmm. talented artists in Fayetteville, I mean, may, maybe Cole's just not not seeing it from that perspective, you know, along the lines of, okay, can can they really hit a national demographic? Because, I mean, you can be the man in your, in your city or your state, or even in the region, but I think Cole might be thinking more national. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm, the, I'm on record as not being the biggest J. Cole fan, but... I mean, it's hard to put people on from your hometown. Like, usually you look at rappers that really blow up from cities. It's almost like they don't put people on from their city. They have to go other places. You know what I'm saying? Like, 50 Cent didn't get put on by somebody from New York. He got put on by, like, Eminem and Dre. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's it's hard. That That's a tough criticism to give J. Cole. I know for sure, even though I'm not the biggest J. Cole fan, like I said, the only reason I know there's a Fayetteville, North Carolina, is because of him. You know what I'm saying? And for that, I think that he's done something for his city. Just for that. You know what I'm saying? So... It's tough, man. But uh talk to us about um my guy, someone who I really appreciate, uh, Mr. Brandon Ingram. What's what's your relationship like or what have you seen uh from Brandon Ingram in his transition
2: from you know
0: from, from college to pro?
2: It, it's funny because like, um when I first saw Brandon Ingram, like my first time telling Brandon Ingram was uh, his sophomore year in high school. Like Oh, you go back to high school? I didn't even know that. Damn, back to high school? Yeah, like um back in twenty thirteen, like this is maybe three months before I even knew where Kinston was on the map. Like um <laughs> like they they would have the regional tournament from for two A basketball at in, in Fayetteville, like at the Crown Coliseum. So I'm covering the game and I look I look at the roster and it's just like you see all these big name guys, Joshua Dawson who's um who starred at uh, Fayetteville State, uh, Denzel Keys who just broke um the touchdown reception record at A and T. And then I'm mm. looking down the list like, 6'7", 140-pound sophomore Brandon Ingram. Damn. Like, <laughs> the hell? 6'7", <laughs> 140. Jesus. That's like a leg. <laughs> but he could play. Like, he like he bought out, and it was just like, I, I like this kid. Mm. Never said, you know, I would actually move to Kingston, and then, like, I saw him play his junior year, like, uh, like he he put on like 30 pounds and i could tell like like the opening game his conditioning was shot so i was just like okay he's kind of overrated but then i looked at the stats and he had like 26 points 15 rebounds 7 blocks 5 assists i'm like maybe i need to shut up but yeah 15 like, yeah senior year like he i saw something that i didn't see a junior year like he had a he had a killer instinct i mean like he He's one of the most humble people that, I, that I've ever met like I've had the opportunity to chop it up with him on and off the court I've been to, mm-hmm. like a house a couple of times But he's got a killer instinct I mean there there were times mm-hmm. where one game in particular like they lost a, a big one in Goldsboro Like the place was packed like I couldn't even get in and I was I was me mm-hmm. um, They lost that game and it was like maybe midnight, one o'clock, and I see a tweet from Brandon. He says, "In the gym." Wow. The next two. So you're games,
0: saying he's a he's a workhorse.
2: He, he's a workhorse. He's a hard worker. The next two games, like this man scored like forty something, something both games. Like out, one of the games he outscored the whole team, and he was out, he was out of the game by the third quarter.
0: <laughs> he pulled the Kobe. Yeah. Nice. I mean, nice, nice, nice. And this is just in high school. Now, uh, college, Brandon Ingram. What did you see? What what it, what was the uh, what was the change that you've seen from high school to college in Brandon Ingram?
2: Besides the tattoos, he ain't had none another one in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Got a hold of that Tupac. Lost his <laughs> mind. But nah, seriously though, like um, the change that I saw. I mean, and I, I hate Duke with a passion. I mean, like um, when Brandon when Brandon went to Duke, it, but that one year it was really really hard for me to hate him, and that that hurt because it was just like I had that much respect for Brandon Ingram as a person as a player. But Coach K really helped him, like as far as his transition. I mean, he started playing more for, like he started being able to to bang inside more. Cause I mean, in in high school, you know you. A lot of times you're the tallest player on the court. Mm-hmm. so I mean, it's a lot easier for you to do certain things, but Brandon Morgan held his own in college mm. and he was able to showcase that he can you know he can guard the one through four, he can play one through four, you know be that stretch that stretch power forward, and him being being so skinny like that's not going to derail him from from doing big things in the NBA. And you're starting to see some flashes of brilliance with the Lakers, and I mean, I feel like that's the best. That was the best thing for him, like with, with Luol Deng starting early, and now he's starting um, to get to get out there. I knew that was the perfect thing to do, like kind of bring him bring him in solely and then now you know give him some good minutes for for a team that has been pretty surprising as of late.
0: Definitely, and, I, and trust me, as a Laker fan, you know I appreciate everything that he's brought to the table. I think he's his shot is offensive, offensively is kind of moving slow, but defensively, like, if you watch the games, uh, Coach Walton, who's doing a fantastic job, will put him on the other team's best offensive player to close out games. And this is a rookie, you know what I mean? And I think that comes, one, from, you know, obviously his body type. He's, he's you know, he's lengthy, you know what I mean? He moves the, he moves uh, across the floor well. Uh, But I also think it's because, you know, he's very solid uh, in his defensive fundamentals, and I I, I think that comes from, uh, and I know you're not going to like this, uh, but that comes from playing at Duke and playing with Coach K, you know what I'm saying? Because he's going to train them up well, so... um, I, I really do think he's gonna be an all-star one day, though, man. I, I really do. I think Brandon's gonna be an all-star. I think he's gonna be one of the better two-way players in the league. Mm-hmm. I still think he has to put on some muscles, some mass, but you know, that'll come. You know what I'm saying? That'll definitely come. And um, as a Laker fan, I definitely appreciate uh, you sending your guy over to us because he's been doing great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, moving on though, let's talk about some some. Uh, let's talk about some some rap music man talk to talk to me um I, I know you said you didn't catch any influence or well, not as much uh influence on the reporting side but on the music side um, who influences you
2: um I'm actually gonna throw a few curveballs I mean Tyler quality was a big influence um, big That's L uh cool. chameleonaire believe it or not oh and I mean like if you Ooh. if you actually listen to a lot of his underground material, mm-hmm. you know, first off, the the guy's very lyrical, mm-hmm. and that's that's really a misconception that that you have in the South. Like there aren't a lot of lyrical guys, like unless they were, you know, really really influenced by by New York. I mean, when you mm-hmm. think about people like like Outkast or like um A Ball and MJG, uh, UGK, I mean, these are guys that you know they kind of they kind of fool you a little bit with with the slang and. And the ebonics and you know this kind of kind of the way uh of is talk, but if you actually dig deep and listen to the lyrics, you know they they're really bringing something to the table. Yeah. So I tried to make sure, like I tried to get a little glory days of the '90s, but then also mix it with you know being a product of my environment. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Because yeah. the, I I think I think a lot of times the Coming from a New Yorker, the the drawl that you hear in a Southerner, it automatically uh, kind of makes us think. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this guy's not saying nothing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think uh, Chameleon, his, his him blowing up, definitely, you know, kind of changed that perception. I think a lot of it also started with Wayne. Which is why I've always like tried to give him the benefit of the doubt when he does stupid shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying because he definitely opened up a whole world to that, and and definitely with you know 3K, uh and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I hear a lot of that. I, I definitely do, man. In 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 the music, and um, talk to me about the uh this this was was, was cool. I remember you doing this, the um what was it? The shook ones challenge and all that stuff. Like, I know, Uh, I know you're, (laughs) I know you're more heavy in the reporting now, but it's, it's, it's almost like rap has become almost like a fun hobby for you to do. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of show off. Like, okay, I can still do this. You know what I'm saying?
2: And it's it's funny. Like, um, I look, I look at music in general. And the reason why I feel like I'm going to put at least two projects together in 2017, um, Mm. music, music has always been therapeutic for me. It's like, back at Fayetteville State, I was I was that guy, like, I always had a new tape for, for every and no reason. Like, dude, I think there was one point in time, I think it was from uh, September 2009 to March of 2011, and no lie, I probably put together, like, 13 or 14 projects. Damn. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's that Pac pop, uh, pop ethic right there. Like, there there were times, like, um... Like my, my engineer, he actually moved from Fayetteville to to Reedsville, North Carolina, which is like on the North Carolina Virginia border, about two and a half three hours away. Mm. So what I would do, like, I would go ahead and just write stuff while I was in Fayetteville, you know, I was still working my jobs, I was still in school, and then like I would just take my material, take a weekend, and just lock myself in the studio for a weekend, mm-hmm. put together a whole project, like, 17, 18, 19 songs, get mix and master it myself. Then come back and then just be like, all right, let me go ahead and put this together, figure out how I want to do this, and then have a, have a release date. But Damn. as far as like, as far as like the ship one challenge and all that other stuff, like it was funny because I I went back to, I went back to um Atlanta just um just to go see some people like um, and I was just kind of playing around in the car because everybody had had come up with all these challenges like you had the so gone challenge.
3: Yeah.
2: And then the Shook One challenge, I was just like, you know what? Let me have some fun. And then, like the Sogon challenge and, um, and the Shook One challenge, like um those those are written. But then like um I did a grinding challenge that was like half written, half freestyle. And then like mm. on my way, on my way to Atlanta and back from Atlanta, like I did two other challenges. Um, uh, which ones? Uh, Mass Appeal challenge and Rosa Parks challenge. Mm. And those we freestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know what's ill. I, I, I'm, I'm known for freestyling in my car, but it's mostly gibberish. <laughs> like, so I feel like that's just the whole other like level of talent, just to be able to, to bar people up while you speeding past them on the highway. You know what I'm saying?
2: And I'm not gonna sit back and act like I got it perfected or anything, because there'll be times where I completely screw up. But I know, like, um, <laughs> my thing is like, um. I'm a I'm a sports editor, so I deal with a lot of high school kids, mm. and
0: it's
2: like I made a mistake one night. Like this is February early early this year, and I got two Twitter accounts. I got a professional one and an unprofessional one. Yeah. Mm. And I the wrong account. I was just like, yo, everybody wants me to keep rapping, but I think I'm cool. Well, I'm cool with journalism, but I still got bars though. And oh, some kids uh, mm-hmm. some kid replied like. I want to hear something at the next game. Like, ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sit. I'm like, look, if y'all beat, I'm going to be at y'all game tomorrow. If y'all beat this team, then I'll, then I'll kick a freestyle after the game. Like, That's I but right, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not going to have to do it. Like, the other team was up by like seven, like two minutes to play. Damn, if somebody ain't hit a 30 foot of the force overtime. And then with that same <laughs> kid, it's so hard to, to win the game. So I was like, okay, let me go ahead and kick these interviewers. Maybe they forgot. They ain't forget. Hmm. So I'm kicking some nice. the whole time. I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, please do not let me cuss in front of these kids, because like this would not be a good look. Of <laughs> they they go it off. Them. Next day I'm I'm at some other game or whatever and I got kids from like another school asking me, Hey yo, when you gonna freestyle for us, man? Like you freestyle kids like, <laughs> like,
0: Wow
2: How did y'all hear this stuff? Is, or out they had dope. me on Snap. So, you know, the kid the kids kids always got a kick out of it.
1: So yeah, I got a question, yeah, gotta... man. I got a question. Yo, how do you feel about the current state of hip hop?
2: You know what? It's one of those things that the biggest problem with hip hop, we don't have subgenres. When you think about it, like when you look at rock music, you know you got like um like heavy metal, you got alternative, you got death metal, you got stuff like that. Mm-hmm. With with Christian music, you got gospel, you got contemporary. With jazz, you got smooth, you got orchestra and stuff like that. Rap music, like it just kind of like they'll they'll lump together rap and hip hop, and it's just like. You got somebody on one one side, like 21 Savage, and you got somebody on the other side, like, like Nas and Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for whatever reason, they're all combined together. So mm.
3: it's it, like, it's... it kills... I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was just saying, it's like, you know, we as the fans, we know the difference, but from the outside looking in, to people who don't really, you know, listen to rap that much, you know, they'll say, oh, rap is a bunch about drug selling and bashing women. Well that's not necessarily the case with everybody, you know? And and like you said, they don't have sub dramas to, to separate the two, but yeah.
1: I think personally I mean, like- it's just it just woke niggas, man. Like it just is to me it's just it's too many woke niggas. Everybody want Jake <laughs> certain people just want J. Cole lyrics and then the other people just want Nas lyrics. But they don't understand like there's a lane for ignorance. Like if you look at every piece of hip hop through history, there's always been some fuckery.
0: Always, Don't say hip hop. I mean? Say say America.
1: Like, America yeah. is based nah, on. Not, nah, no, nah, nah, Think about it. No. Nah, okay. Rock has fuckery. Jazz has fuckery. Yeah. Hip hop has fuckery. Like, everybody act like it was just so much about lyrics. Like, take. I, I'm going to look. Remember Crisscross Jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was some yeah. bullshit. <laughs> that was some <laughs> fucking bullshit. He's the Miggity 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 Miggity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I missed the fucking bus and all that dumb shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yes. I jump around all that shit. All, all that shit them, wasn't talking about nothing.
3: But the crazy it's, thing is, even the lyrical niggas was always talking about selling drugs and all this and that.
1: Like, yeah, exactly. You being lyrical about selling drugs—that's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's still stupid as fuck. Like, like what the hell? Like, twenty. Like to me, Twenty One Savage provides what I need. I don't expect Twenty One Savage to teach me nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I expect Twenty One Savage in a strip club. Or a pregame mm. or a party. That is his lane. That is what he does well. If I want to feel deep, guess what? I got Kendrick Lamar for that. If I want to riot, I got 21 Saturdays for that. Okay. Ooh. I can't mix the two. You
2: know what? The That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, there, I mean, even though there is a subgenre, like, as far as the outside looking in is concerned, we know that there's a lane for both people. It's like, I don't feel like listening to J. Cole all the time. And I don't feel like listening to, like, 21 Savage or Kodak Lag all the time. Like, you can...
1: Uh, I you, don't know. I'm, I, I, can do I can do it for 12 hours. I was only one. I'm 12 hours in. I don't know what the hell wrong with me right now, but... Jesus Christ. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> man. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go
0: ahead. Oh, my God. 12 hours of 21 Savage? I mean, hey, th- he doesn't have 12 hours worth of music. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you listening to for... T- <laughs> you listening- let me just listen to like what, what's the what's the main song? Let me just listen to the same song over and over again, man. I I personally think
2: the no heart, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just play it over and over again. You I gotta think get it's, a
1: deeper meaning, man. It's a deeper meaning in that, man. I just haven't figured out what it is yet. I think I think human nature
0: at its core, there's a part of us that wants, you know, uplifting and deep thought and all that good stuff and then there's a part of us that just wants some dumb ratchet shit you know what i'm saying like jfk is one of our most revered presidents of all time and he cheated on his wife consistently like like it's not it's common knowledge how much he you know committed infidelities while you know he was only a president for three years Mm -hmm. and he spent the entire three years Uh, stopping the war and banging, you know, Marilyn Monroe. Like, that's that's what he did. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we just have to embrace both sides. And I feel like some of us realize that there are lanes for everyone, but I think there's an overwhelming majority of people that are quote-unquote hip-hop heads, or not even hip-hop heads, that are just fans, that it just hasn't registered with them yet that you can listen to 21 Savage and J Cole and not have to say this is real hip hop. Bars is back. We did it. Yeah, like you can mm-hmm. listen to Travis Scott and Joe Budden. It, there's no there's nothing that stops you from listening to both of those artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's the most to me that's the most frustrating thing with um with rap, you know what I mean? But
2: you know, you know. What the problem is mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest problems are like people take themselves way too serious. I mean, yeah. gangsta has got to be extra gangsta. Like, you can't, you can't just have fun anymore. Like, you can't, like, even if you, like, if I were to tell somebody, you know, I like listening to, to Freddie Gibbs and, and 21 Savage. Like, somebody's going to respect me for Freddie Gibbs' part, but they're going to hate the 21 Savage part and vice versa. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yo, let people do their thing. I mean, like like I said, like, it, it's all about supply and demand. Like, don't be mad at the artists for putting this stuff out. Be mad at the consumer for taking it in wanting to pay for the concerts wanting to pay for their for their albums and mixtapes and singles and all that stuff because ultimately if somebody's willing to pay for a product then they're gonna put that product out in the forefront.
0: damn right mm-hmm. and to me that's the and you know what it's funny you say that that's the only thing that kind of I think makes rap or, or hip-hop stagnant is it, it, it's it's become too much of a, a almost like a hustle where people aren't willing to take risks with with their things because with their music because they don't want to uh you know alienate themselves from their, their core audience you know what i'm saying like i was uh, you listen to that Wale response to that you know J. Cole record yeah he didn't necessarily say anything <laughs> like he just kind of <laughs> acknowledged it
1: like yeah well, you know what i mean like, why, why do you think people don't fuck with Wale like that though I, I, I like I like I, I get what Cole was saying, but like, why do you think Wale feels as if he's not accepted? Cause I I thought Wale was alright. I mean, I'm not running to get a Wale album, but still. <laughs> That's why.
0: All
1: <laughs> right, right you got me. yeah, are like, uh,
0: yeah. If people like,
1: I mean, he can rap. But but... Feel, but, but then again, I, I I'm going through a wretched phase right now, man. I don't understand why, I, why nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not the most qualified person right now, man. I'm I'm going through some phase right now, but. Still, I don't I, understand I, I, why Wale.
2: Well, say it again. Personally, I was gonna say personally the reason why I don't really rock Wale, like he's always had great potential, but I feel like he never utilized. It. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, like every song that he's done, that he's had by himself, like he would mm-hmm. he would say like one or two dope things, but for the most part, it's like he was holding back. Like I'd rather hear Wale on a feature than I would rather hear him like it's his song.
1: Mm.
0: I agree there's with that. No, something though. I
1: don't think Wally has an identity. Yo,
0: I don't think so either. You know what it is? I don't think he has like a a, a distinct sound yeah. or a distinct song.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 he, like one minute he's like, remember the joint with uh with M- M- Miguel Lotus Flower Bomb? Yeah, so yeah. You got that. You got the um the dude from mid Condition. And like, remember you did No Hands joint? Like, like is what is your lane? Like Drake. Drake Lane is sensitive shit occasional hip-hop. You feel me? That's mm. what he does. That's his strength You feel me? Big Sean Little bit back and forth, but you know, I mean, he's pretty comfortable with what he is, but like, like How long while they been out? What, 08?
2: Yeah, you still don't <laughs> know what Thank
1: you, You feel yeah. like Yeah, like like what's his like, what what's your like, what's your identity doesn't have like, one. and I think that's, hey, that's people, I, I think that's
0: why people I think that's why people Kind of clown him a bit because, like, even when you think, like, you think a lotus flower bomb, you don't think of him rapping. You think of Miguel singing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, it's almost like, true. well, he has. It's had, almost like he's the third wheel in his career. Like he's just like, hey guys, I'm Wale, and you're like, what the hell is this nigga doing? Oh, he, oh, this he is he his had, song. Uh,
3: you know, he has like the go-go sound from D.C. and all that. You know, yeah, so He does does a good job, you know, mixing go-go with rap music or whatever, but like you said, he's really the third wheel. Cause like, who, who was it all that signed with? Well, it was him, J Cole. And I think it was Meek Mill. They all signed like management deals with rock nation at that, that time. And, mm. and if you think about it, he's like, you just said, he's been the third wheel out of that bunch.
0: Even Actually, though... you know what? He's almost like the middle child. You know what I mean? Like J Cole's like <laughs> yeah. the super successful older one mm. that he'll never get to. He's never going double platinum with no features. <laughs> Meek Mill is like the troubled youngster. That's always getting locked up, and then it's just Wale. He, he doesn't get in trouble, <laughs> <laughs> and he just acts out for for like attention. Like he throws tantrums at complex, and like all right, go go sit
1: you down.
2: Wale is the Carlton Banks of hip hop. Bottom line, facts,
1: mm. facts. Yes, he's he's not dangerous. No. <laughs> he's not he's not dangerous.
0: He gets <laughs> clowned a lot, but just like why are you clowning him? But he just gets he gets he gets clowned, man. Yeah. Poor well, you Wale,
1: Wale slapped the nigga, though. Like, you still like, oh, all right. Yeah, Shit, you ain't getting no damn body. Fuck <laughs> out of here, Wale. Right. No, I don't
0: know. You know? But, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I like Wale, man. But it, that that response that he that he put out to J. Cole, it was just basically like, yeah, J. Cole makes a great point. All right. So, <laughs> we're still cool. <laughs> you know what I'm not saying? I'm excited
1: like, about no J. Cole album. Though. Personally, I'm not... I'm. Still not excited for it. I don't know why. It's gonna be hot, man.
0: Bars are back, baby. Bars is back. The bars.
3: <laughs> even though we said that when Jay when Joe Budden album came out. <laughs> even though we said that, you know, with I know, got the keys. Yeah, I got, I the, got keys. the keys. So. keys.
1: You Nas know, uh, album done, we said it, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: control the control verse. Remember mm-hmm. the control but verse. Y'all,
1: but was, y'all bar niggas not gonna be satisfied until it's nineteen ninety eight. This motherfucker, niggas got FUBU and Rockerware and fucking <laughs> love boots. Like niggas is not gonna be satisfied until that day comes back. It's not coming back, yo. Let it go.
0: It's not even that though, because I mean, in 1998, you know what they were saying? Man, I missed the early '90s when it was gritty, all this puffy, shiny soup stuff. <laughs> and in the early '90s, it was oh, they killing everybody. I remember when it was Black Love, and then when it was Black Love, was, I remember when it was Disco. Like it just everybody just complains, yo. That's all it is, really,
2: to me. I absolutely (laughs) right. I mean, (laughs) and to be honest, like I'm, I'm gonna cop J Cole's album when it drops. But what I've been listening to lately, um, like Zero dropped on dropped an album on on Veterans Day. I'm legendary. Like that joint's been in rotation for ever since it dropped. Mm
0: -hmm. Zero, a legend, man. I that's one of the things that you know. I don't. I never got to see being in New York, but. Even being down here or, or in, you know, following his career, that guy, he's, like, a legend. Like, he's really been around for a minute, too, right?
2: Yeah, like, and everybody credits on Drake with the sing, with the singing and rapping thing. Like, zero been doing that forever. Like, I think since, like, 96 or 98 or something like that, so. Yeah, fuck Drake, man.
0: <laughs> Sick of that nigga, yo. <laughs> Go, they go credit Drake with everything, man. Oh, he's the first nigga with a beard. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of that wait, nigga,
1: wait. man. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so uh,
0: let, let, let me ask you this.
1: I, I want to, I want to ask you. So, I'm, I'm going to go back to the journalist joint. Yo, why did you leave Atlanta for Kingston? You know what I mean? Atlanta, you got everything. College, Again, why the fuck you left for Laufication, bro? I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, I don't got no better reason for that, bro. Like, alright,
2: alright. Reason why I left Atlanta for Kingston. In Atlanta, like the job was cool. Let me quit lying. The status was cool. I mean, you know, working at the Associated Press which is like the mecca of journalism. It is Definitely. But the problem was like, I'm over. The, like, I'm working overnight shifts, like basically 11 p.m. to seven in the morning like when i do have to, when i do have to come in like during the daytime i got to wear khakis and stuff like that i was just like nah plus like they weren't giving me the opportunity to to actually write and you know cultivate things and i was going to be stuck in the same position for two years and the thing is like after that two year uh period they were saying okay after these two years like you can apply to one of our other jobs in in um in the company the problem is they hired three other people with me in Atlanta and there were like four and each of their other desks like um four in New York four in Phoenix four in Chicago so it's like we would all be gunning for those positions along with everybody else that was um that would apply and I probably had the weakest resume out of everybody like they were they were talking like I was talking to like some of my coworkers, like one like oh yeah I worked at the, um I worked at the weather channel and I was working at CNN other person yeah I was um doing the thing you know I'm so over there at um for NBC Sports, like, well, I was working at the Kingston Free Press, and I got a degree from Fable State. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was rough, but then like being a sports editor, that's something that I've always wanted to do, mm. and the opportunity's been there.
1: Yeah. So. But you left the hoes, bro. The hoes in Atlanta, like.
0: Well, wait. I mean, a sports editor. I don't want to blow your age up, but a sports editor at your age, that's still pretty. Like, that's amazing, right? Sports editors are usually, like, 87 years old, right? Like, 56 or whatever? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be voting for MVP
3: anytime
2: soon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, the, the biggest thing about it is, first off, like, as far as Atlanta goes, there, yeah, there was some hoes, but at the same time, there was, like, some of them were trannies. Some <laughs> what? <was laughs> oh,
1: God. Oh, <laughs> <whoa>. Curveball. <laughs> God damn, yo. Yeah wasn't ready for all that, bro. Continue. Continue. Continue.
2: <laughs> oh, no. I'm about the birthday bubble about Atlanta? Like, some of them were... I mean, what else happened? Atlanta I mean, was like, a, a
0: notorious gold diggers. like, they're, they're going to make you pay for everything. Everything. Yeah.
2: everything. And then, everything. like, that was that. The fact that, you know, Atlanta... I think Atlanta's, like, the number one like, number one, like, as far as, um, HIV and AIDS. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, you got... And then what pissed me off, like, I went to one Atlanta club. Like, I think it was on Compound. And, like, they were charging, like, $40 to get in. Of course, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, whatever. And then, like, I get in there, it's like, yo, let me get a Long Island. Like, they basically put it in a damn, like, um, like, you know, the bathroom cups, where you, where you like, you switch your teeth <laughs> or <whatever. laughs> y'all get this toddler drinking away from
3: yo i I remember when you was when you was working there yo because uh i was on twitter one night you know it was it was late i don't know what i was doing up and you posted this picture it was like the saddest fucking picture i ever saw in my life you, it was dark as hell outside, and you was in your office, and you was like taking a picture of what it looked like outside. I was like, damn, this nigga wave is not happy. <laughs> he needs to get out of it. Get, get out of Atlanta.
0: Atlanta is one of those cities because I, I, I don't live in Atlanta. I, because I, people say I live in Atlanta, I don't live in Atlanta. I live south of Atlanta because Atlanta got a lot of shit going on. But Atlanta is like one of those cities where it's like niggerdom mixed with too much money gone amuck. Everything's overpriced, and all the women are like stuck up, and and all the men are like faggots. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, homosexuals. <coughs> we'll Edit that out. Same shit. Uh, so
1: same shit. I mean, like,
0: still, just in case. The glad, oh, yeah. glad people are listening. It's all good. We love you. We're not that
1: big. Now, hey man, we good. We can still say faggot, man. Hey, man. Only, we ain't that big hey, yet. Man. So <laughs>
0: this could go viral at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> Play it. we don't need all that attention but later is crazy later is like ridiculous wait so um real quick because we got we got getting to some football talk too but talk to us about the draft what was that like going to the uh uh the the draft this past year
2: and first let me just say like um again like people ask me like you left atlanta for kinston but it's like since I made made it back to Kinston, I've covered um two or three ECU games, so that's Division One football on resume, and then three NBA games. I had the opportunity to um to interview Reggie Bullock um twice, um Jerry Stackhouse once, and uh when when the Lakers come to play Charlotte on the 20th, I'll be there in a Lakers locker room interviewing Brandon Ingram and hopefully Nick Young and um and D'Angelo Russell among others.
0: Sweet. Uh, hopefully yeah, we we'll so come I, away to, with a victory over the Hornets.
1: Chill, <laughs> bro. But,
2: you. I don't. Know. But um, as far as as far as the NBA draft, I mean, this is this is a huge moment for Kinston. I mean, the fact that you know th- this is the seventh player from from Kingston, North County, to make it to the to the NBA. Wow! Like everybody knows, um, Reggie Bullock and um and Jerry Stackhouse, but a couple of curveballs I throw at you: Cedric Maxwell, Cornbread. Wow! Oh snap! <laughs> know that. In yeah, '81 NBA Finals MVP is from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell Wiggins, who's um Andrew Wiggins' father, like um Mitchell Wiggins played on some of the oh. some of the old um Rockets teams of the '80s. That's dope. Mm. That's dope. At uh, Charles Shuckerman and a couple other guys I can't think of right now, but uh,
3: is it uh Quentin Copels from there? Even though that's NFL, yeah. but you know that's football. But y- yeah, yeah, he played for the Jets. You know, uh, I'm a big Jets fan also. But yeah, huh? yeah, he's from there also. That's dope. Well, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys a- fan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 uh, as far as far as the NBA draft went, I mean that that was literally a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, just the, the way that they had it set up and everything, because I was able to talk to so many um players. Like I was able to uh have one on one with um buddy healed mm-hmm. um from the Pelicans. Who plays for the Pelicans now? Um, Marquise Chris, um uh Jacob Portal. I wasn't able to get up with um with Ben Simmons because everybody named Mama had a camera in front of him. Yeah. Mm. But had some good one on one time with um with Brandon Ingram. Um probably one of the funniest moments, um Malachi Richardson. Like I I was just at this point in the time I was just being stupid with it. I was just like, yo, why should Young Metro trust you? <laughs> oh yeah,
3: yeah. I saw that. I saw that.
0: What you, wait? What did he say?
2: He ain't know how to, how to react. Like he was just like, oh, I I don't know. Uh, okay, so you should shot him. could have shot him. <laughs> 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 <gonna> shot him.
0: <laughs> but nah, like
2: this this the whole ambiance and everything was was just amazing. Like I was able to get a lot of good footage. Um, mm. I, I kind of felt a little distraught because um, well. I got to see Lisa Saucers. I didn't talk to her, but I did get to see her. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that she was in her 50s. Like, that, that would, <laughs> explain? because she had about like 4.3 pounds of makeup on, and it was just Ooh. like, yeah, I remember,
3: I, was, I, was, I, I remember we was watching what? on TV, you know, cause we wasn't there, and, you know, everybody was talking about her, you know, her lower back, and then you posted that picture of her face, and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, mm. and of course. Someone said, you know, i still hit it. <laughs> of course, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta do it for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but <laughs> if I'm gonna get anybody from ESPN, I want I wanted to be Carrie. Mm. What about my? Carrie. Champion.
0: Carrie. Uh, yeah, as you can tell, I don't watch, I just make up my own mind about sports.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo, man. Hey, yo, talk. Talk talk about Jeff Fitcher, man. So okay, how okay. do you feel? Oh.
2: Hey, look, I'm not even a football fan right now. Like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not switching teams, but I'm not a Rams fan right now. <laughs> like even if they beat the pay like at this point in time, like I'm I'm on my Eric Dickinson right now. I'm I'm not supporting this team until they get rid of this coach. Or until what? they go to the playoff, one of the two. I mean, like this—this this is just absolutely and utterly ridiculous. It's like you're basically <clears throat> campaigning for mediocrity the whole time. Mm.
3: Jeff Jeff Fisher has a sex tape on somebody, yo. I, I promise yeah. you, some owner. He has a he has a sex tape on the Rams owner, yo. There's no way. He is this real? Like he just got a two year contract extension?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> We like what you've been doing, Jeff. Here's an extension. Yo, I
3: had to click oh, and really? see if this was this was really NFL Network. It has the blue check and everything. Yo, you no know, four million four million yeah. followers. I don't get it. I don't get it, yo. What is he doing?
1: I don't think they got no better options, man. To me, they had I mean, no better options what, for the past. Well, no, 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 no. My bad. No, no, no. Not better options. I don't think they. I don't think they. I think they want to get a star coach in LA. So they're just keeping him around until the right one opens up. Because think about it. If you're gonna go to if you're gonna have a team in LA, you gotta have uh you got you the Lakers, you got fucking uh Southern Cal there. Like you got you got shit to do in LA. You got to have now now I'm not saying keep Jeff Fisher, okay? I don't want to fuck keep Jeff Fisher. What I'm saying is they probably are either waiting for somebody to open up or they don't know who they're gonna get to. They don't, they don't know who the star coach is gonna be. That's just what I think. Because nothing mm. else makes sense to me. I don't think it makes well, sense
0: his, to anybody at
2: this point. I mean, like, you can, could just fire you can't him. Get a nobody you fire him like, go here's my thing. Like, you could either fire him after the season. Hell, fire him during the season and have like the, um like the offensive defensive coordinator as at the interim for the for the time being. I mean, like you don't have to sit back and just have him in there for two more years. Screw up your fan base, screw up, you know, any type of loyalty that anybody's gonna have. I mean, you already have the biggest icon in in L. A. Rams history alienating your team. Yeah. I don't. I don't think
1: he's gonna be there another year though. I think. I think. This to me, from what I read this morning, this is next year is the is the make it or break a year. We are gonna okay, Jeff. If you get the shit right next year, we're gonna you're gonna go into eight to 2018. All right. I think that gives them enough time to identify who's gonna be the big name coach to get to go to L. A. That's just what I think because. That's the only thing I can see. You know what I mean? My
0: my frustration with that is is they've been trying to move that St. Louis team for a minute. It's like, I feel like this should have been taken care of. Like, this is the easy part. Get a good coach, get like a good system in place where at least if you're not going to compete for a championship for a Super Bowl, you can actually at least convince fans that, okay, this is an exciting team this is a team you want to come out and watch. People aren't going to want to come out and watch this horse shit. They're not going to want to watch Jeff Fisher, you know what I'm saying? Like the the majority of LA is already they're already either Oakland fans or Steeler fans. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just speaking towards moving your team from St. Louis to LA. They're already fans of another football team. So you're already going to be fighting to get like people to come out to see them. Like, I don't know what the attendance rates are, but it just feels like they should have they should have already had this planned, what they want to do. They got a good young uh running back. I don't know how that quarterback is looking or has he even played yet the the, yeah, the quarterback they yep.
2: like how- he played the second game um last week and he threw for three touchdowns. So I mean like he's a, he's developing. I mean Yeah, so I mean you got
0: you got exciting players. I just feel like they should have just had a, a better I don't think it was the, the plan was executed. Correctly, you know what I mean. Because Jeff Fisher, after he left Tennessee, he should have never coached in life again. Like he should have just retired. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't. I no, tell you this much you though: I will, I will definitely trade the Rams for the 49ers any day of the week because we are just awful. It is just, it's just terrible, San Francisco.
2: Just awful. Oof! But y'all, one win was against us, twenty-eight to nothing. All the way back in like September fourth. <laughs> <like, laughs> it's Christmas is two weeks away,
0: and our <laughs> first win was in September. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. ugh, ugh. And, then we, and and all this losing, and we're still not going to get the number one draft pick. We're going to get this the number two draft pick because good old Cleveland. Making up for <laughs> lost time for everything LeBron uh, LeBron did and the Indians did by losing everything, you know. So,
1: yeah. So. So uh, so uh, moving forward, man. Uh, but what y'all think about this Kim and Kanye thing? You know, uh, Kim, you know, Kim is uh, kind of trying to support Kanye. Kanye got just got a whole nother ass house and left Kim and the kids alone. Yo, that's that's some nigga shit, man. What y'all think about that? <laughs> I don't know if I can believe that, man. I, it's just rumors, bro. I would never see Kanye as the nigga that went to the, milk, the, went to the store to get milk and never came back, yo. <laughs> never
0: came back. Like,
1: yo, I, I, I didn't see that. Nigga that
0: nigga's out, yo. yo. Imagine he gets back with Amber Rose. Yes. <laughs> he said like, yes. Yes. I don't know, yo. man. I hope he's all right. Yeah, I mean,
2: We really can't tell, like as far as like like mental illnesses and everything. And I mean, when you sit back and you think about what he what he has dealt with, particularly around his time with it this year with with his mom. I mean, it's just like I don't know. I feel like whatever he just needs to kind of lock himself into whatever into a zone and just kind of get back to the to the pre-graduation, like the pre-808 days. But, I mean, when you think about it, his first three albums were
3: classics. Hey, I, I'm going to say this, though. My Beautiful Dark mm-hmm. Twisted Fantasy is the best Kanye album ever.
0: Yeah, I got to agree with that, man. I really do. <laughs> I, I think, uh, and, and that was and that was Amber Rose, man. Dude, you got to give him props, bro. That was Amber Rose. That was Amber Rose when he made that album. You know, and Hawaii. Like, it was I, just in Hawaii. I just, I just, like, I
3: just like that the story of kanye around that time you know how graduation mm. you know was like a, a a dope album legendary album and then you know all the tragedies happened and he put out 808s and nobody really fucked with it but i feel like he bounced back when he put out you know my beautiful doctor's the fantasy and you know that, that, was, that was that was an ill-ass album but it doesn't really get a lot of credit but anyway mm. so. yo quick story real quick quick story real quick uh you know, back to the little rapping thing. I was telling Kurt the other day that I sold you this beat. Well, I, I leased it to you for $20. When We was in college. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Clock on the wall, yeah.
0: Like, uh... That was, a, that was Oh, you, yeah, yeah. He, he did say, damn, y'all do remember that. Because he did say it was the OJs, right? Yeah. Clock we, on
3: the wall. Huh. was, uh, what you call it? We was, uh, we was talking <laughs> about, you know... Losing the passion to go platinum and everything, and I bought a I bought a turntable when uh who was the movie, Straight, Outta Straight Out of Compton Straight Out of Compton came out. I bought a turntable, you know, cause I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make some more beats. I haven't done it yet, but you know, it is what it is.
0: <laughs> so um yeah, that's that's I think that's a good way to end this. What uh uh, uh what Julius, what's your um, what is your passion? That's that Kanye line. What is your passion to go platinum? You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily sell a million records, but platinum as like the benchmark of success, of what I of what what you've been trying to do or working towards achieving all the all these years. What is your passion to go platinum?
2: My passion is to I mean I just wanna see my little brother being able to see, I want my little brother to have a great role model. I mean, like I, I have been one, but I mean at the same time, though, I want him to be able to see. Look, hard work and dedication can really, can really take you far. I want to be able to mm-hmm. be a role model for these kids and my community, and also just to show to every person that doubted me, like from like people who, who didn't give me the opportunity to to work for that paper or whatever the organization to, you know, teachers from back in the day. Like I still got I still gotta be for my eleventh grade English teacher and I'm glad that she got divorced, but <laughs> 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 But nah, like that that's it. I mean like I, I just wanna be able to to show people that listen, no matter who's telling you that you can't do it, whoever's telling mm. you that they don't they don't have the time for you, you know, you could still rise above them. That's facts.
0: That's a beautiful sentiment, man. That's, that's dope. It's a wonderful uh, uh way to end this whole thing. I think the, I think the overwhelming message that we need to take from this whole, you know, podcast is that bars are back.
3: Bars are finally, finally.
0: back. Bars is back, baby. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> they took a break, took a took a three week break, when you know when uh Joe Button wasn't making disc records, but now. Bars are back, baby. Uh so let's let's send it here, man, for uh on behalf of my esteemed colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Julius Rock, damn Dell. Mm-hmm. Uh Junius, you wanna you wanna shout out your um Instagram pages, uh Twitter pages, anything like
2: that? Any shout outs before we head out? <clears throat> well, you can follow me on Twitter at Junior Smith the Third. That's a that's the whole government, J U N I O U S, Smith, and then three I's
0: that's beautiful, man. Three eyes, and on um, behalf of myself, Doctor Ocula, you know what I mean, Doctor O, in the air, Huey Flea Newton, Big Dick Gregory, you know what I'm saying? We heading out, man. Let's put cool in the game, baby. Barbershop Mentality Podcast. Right here, baby. Yeah.